Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Welcome back to the Brain Care Podcast. Today, we are joined by the award-winning trauma and PTSD blogger, award-nominated author, and trauma recovery specialist, Michelle Rosenthal. Now, Michelle, that was like a very abbreviated version of your life. Why don't you give a better introduction for yourself, uh, for our listeners, please? Who, who is Michelle? Well, Dan, first, thank you for being you and for allowing me to come on and talk about this really important subject that I feel so passionate about, because I am first and foremost, a trauma survivor. I was just 13 years old when a horrific trauma occurred. It was very physical trauma. I had a near-death experience. I was very aware afterward that, um, that I was going to make a full physical recovery. And yet, I knew that emotionally, mentally, I was not the same as I was before that event occurred. And that set me off on a lifelong journey because... That happened in 1981. And in 1981, nobody was talking about post-traumatic stress disorder and the effects of trauma in the civilian world. It was all being applied to the veterans from Vietnam. And in fact, post-traumatic stress disorder only became a clinical diagnosis in 1980. So when this happened to me in 1981, nobody was thinking about PTSD and me. I was labeled a difficult teen because, of course, right after a trauma, it's normal for anyone to be dysregulated in moods or behaviors for about 30 days while the mind catches up. But more than that, I was a basket case. I was full of insomnia, which I know you understand how crazy that can make you feel, and anxiety and all kinds of controlling behaviors. And I just tried to hide it because I was embarrassed. I felt it was weak. I didn't feel courageous. And and that went on for uh, 24 years until I finally was forced by some medical issues into a therapeutic environment. And, you know, that launched a a recovery process. That, by the end, I thought, holy cow, if you had just told me what I needed to know, I could have healed two decades ago. And that launched me on the mission that brings you and I here together today. Because for the past 15 years, it's been my quest to make sure other people heal faster than I did by having the information that they need when they need it. Amazing. The podcast is all about well-being and wellness, which really comes down to prevention, not cure. Yeah, of course, there will be listeners that have gone through trauma and have gone through PTSD that would be, you know, listening and nodding along and understanding the things you're you're referring to. However, for the majority of us that won't have done and can look out for the early signs, let's start off with the basics. What is post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD? And is there a difference between trauma and PTSD? Oh, good question. So post-traumatic stress disorder is the clinical name for a variety of symptoms that happen after a trauma that extend for more than four weeks and interrupt a person's ability to be engaged in the world in healthy and productive ways. So for example, right after a trauma, it's normal to have nightmares, mood dysregulations, like you're up, you're down, you cry, you're fine. Uh, All of those kind of 
Some people eat more, some people eat less. The mind has to sort of catch up with the effects of trauma. And I should mention here that we're talking about big T trauma because we are all, I, you know, I used to have a podcast and I interviewed a slew of trauma experts. And one of my favorites was uh, Judy Crane. She's the founder of The Refuge, a healing place. It's actually here in Florida where I am. And her baseline definition of trauma stunned me and changed the way I looked at trauma forever. Her baseline definition is any experience that feels less than good. And when you think about trauma that way, we're all trauma survivors. So it sort of levels the playing field. But little t trauma are those little experiences that feel less than good that you get over in an hour or a day that we all move through. And it doesn't affect your identity and it doesn't change your behaviors or how you experience the world. Big T trauma really changes how you see yourself, your relationship to others, and your relationship to the world. And so with post-traumatic stress disorder, it comes after trauma, it doesn't happen by itself. So trauma and PTSD are not the same. I would define trauma as the event that happens to you, and PTSD are the symptoms that emerge as a result of how you perceive what happened to you. Because statistics show that up to 70% of adults in America will have a traumatic experience, big T trauma, in their lifetime. But only up to 20% of those develop post-traumatic stress disorder. So trauma does not always lead to PTSD, but PTSD always comes from a trauma. I'd love to know what um, the symptoms of PTSD actually are. Absolutely. There are four categories. So number one, avoidance. That inability to go back in any way, shape, or form to anything that reminds you of the trauma. That's all senses. You don't want to see, taste, smell, touch, feel, hear, anything related to your trauma. So avoidance. Number two is the opposite of that re-experiencing, which is you can't stop going back. It's intrusive thoughts, that loop that just keeps going around and around. You keep replaying one or two or more particular moments that were enormously intense and meaningful to you. We even talk about re-experiencing in terms of nightmares or night terrors, where your brain just keeps going back even though you're not actively engaging with it. Number three is hypervigilance, an arousal state where your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism, your survival mechanism, that arousal that happens during a trauma that allows you to survive sort of gets stuck in the on position. And so you are constantly, I'm sure you've heard of veterans, and there was a great book, I always sit with my back to the wall because they always want to see the door and the whole room so that veterans can understand where are the threats because they're always calculating. The truth is civilians do that too. We're all always in some way heightened after a trauma, looking for the next thing that we need to protect ourselves from. And that can be emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, all four realms get affected by trauma. 
And then the fourth category of symptoms is mood. And, and that is an inability to hold a consistent mood where you can engage socially and professionally, personally in a productive way. So four categories, avoidance, re-experiencing, arousal, and mood dysregulation. Those are normal in the first 30 days. It, that's acute trauma, first 30 days. But after 30 days, when those four categories of symptoms persist, that's when it would be good to get assessed by a professional who could help you understand, is this PTSD or is there just something else going on? One of the most interesting things that I've learned in my course of working in this field is that we all are completely individual in our trauma, right? Even if two people are in the same moment, they have incredibly different experiences. And we're all completely individual in our healing process. We're completely universal in between. The symptoms that we have are the same. In the recovery process though, we're all so different. It's impossible to say everybody do this and it will bring the same results. What I'd like to say are there are two tracks for trauma recovery the conventional, and the alternative. And when I first got started in recovery in the early 90s or the mid-90s, um, those two tracks were very, very parallel, and they did not intersect. More and more now, it's so exciting to see that the conventional and the alternative tracks are running so close together that they often intersect because more and more therapists are being trained in alternative modalities. And so let's just start on the conventional side. There's talk therapy, which I think everybody should start with. Some form, I mean, there's CBT, there's ACT. There, there are a ton of different approaches to talk therapy and there's just talking about it. I think that's enormously useful whether you do that with a clinical therapist or you do that with a coach, I think they're equally valuable. I think the most important thing is to be with someone who's trauma-informed and trauma-educated. I think that's the place to start. That can be as simple as saying, something really awful happened to me and I don't want to talk about it, but here are the things that it's causing and I want to fix or change these things. And that can be enough in the beginning. I work with some veterans. I never know their trauma story because I literally am trained to work content-free and some things don't need to be recounted until or unless somebody feels comfortable doing that. So I think definitely finding some way to put some language to who and where you are. And then let's talk about there's energy psychology, things like Psych-K and um, TFT, EFT, TAT. I always say I did the alphabet in my recovery because I did all of them. Thought field therapy, emotional freedom technique, tapas acupressure technique. And then there are all the, what I like to call the unconscious processes, things like hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming. And then there are the somatic processes, you know, things like TRE, tension and trauma releasing exercises, and Peter Levine's work with somatic therapy. So it's every survivor's job to find the modalities that resonate with you because the more comfortable you feel, the more you'll heal. What do you say to people that might be suffering but avoiding treatment? 
Oh, I would say you're in good company. I did that for years. And and many of us do because getting into treatment is scary because however bad everything is, and, and to me, trauma recovery really comes down to two things. You have to interrupt, hijack, and end a trauma addiction because that is what constantly being tied and going back to the past to me is all about. When you define addiction by uh, just the simple idea of having a compulsion that you keep doing something that you know is bad for you because you can't stop. Um, And the other thing in trauma recovery is trauma shatters identity. So not only do you have to end a trauma addiction, you have to heal the identity crisis that comes with trauma. Getting into trauma recovery, you could be easily avoidant of it because you just don't feel ready. You don't feel safe. The two things every trauma survivor needs, safety and control. My suggestion would be for anybody who's feeling avoidant is to understand that avoidance is natural. Fear is rampant in the PTSD state. And number two, find somebody with whom you can feel even just a little bit safe and build the relationship from there so that you can find a place and a way to settle in yourself because we all have healing potential. The goal is learning to access it. And, and that's, that's really what the main focus is all about. Yeah. And I think the most important thing about getting you on this episode to talk about it is, is also awareness, right? Is also to give some high level understanding to people that they might be going through it. They might relate to it themselves. Where can people find you and your content so people actually know where to follow up? Easy to reach me at mytraumacoach.com. And there's actually on there, I'm a big proponent for brain training because the brain learns quickly and through repetition. Another irony, it hates to change and it loves what's familiar. So there is free audio on mytraumacoach.com where you can start training your brain for peace and calm. There's more information there. And I am happy to answer any question. I'm also, you know, all over social media, dropping all kinds of information about different aspects of healing trauma. So feel free to hook up with me anywhere. Amazing, Michelle. Um, This has been great and super insightful. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for the amazing and wonderful work you're doing because brain care to me is one of the number one things that has to be a part of trauma recovery because if your brain is not being nourished, it's going to be hard to do the work. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at your heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain health to get your free score from one to 100. See you next time.